Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 50. Yeah! I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. <laughs> and this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the classic song, The Servant King, reviewing February's Improvising Seed Ideas Challenge, considering how to write songs that connect Sunday with the whole of life in March's challenge, as well as uh, looking back and reflecting on our favourite moments from the first 50 episodes of our podcast. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! Happy, happy fiftieth! Is this like this is like our golden yeah. anniversary? This is very, it's very is exciting. It? We're half halfway to a hundred. We are a half century. With a half century in cricket, you you keep yeah. your hat on, but you raise your bat. So that's what we're doing, okay, listeners. We're hat on, raising bat, raise my yes. pen, raise yeah. my guitar. Um, I got you a present, nice. Sam. But it's the kind of present that's for me, but to make okay. you happier. Which is this. I got myself a new keyboard. Which should be a Listeners, bit quieter. You be the judge. Is that any quieter than the previous? <laughs> is that not quieter? I mean, it's quiet. It's a quiet keyboard. It says quiet on it. It's like a laptop keyboard. You need a but silent quiet. keyboard. Oh, no, it's great, Joel. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to put, I'm gonna I'm put being, bubble wrap I'm over being my discouraging. Fingers. I should encourage anyway, you. Anyway, in a minute, we'll uh, we'll look back on those. Oh, it's, it's dead exciting, bit 50 episodes. In a minute, we'll look back on those. Let's just catch up on, on what's been going on in the world of um, Samuel Hargreaves. Uh, yeah, well, I'm excited because we met our crowdfunding target that I was talking about in the oh, last yeah. episode. So this is for a video training course for worship teams. We actually way exceeded it, which is brilliant because it means that we can just invest more in the quality of what we're doing and oh, um, so good. get some really yeah. good people involved. So, yeah, we are thrilled with that. Um, and just people's generosity giving from all over the place, churches and individuals and stuff. So that's great. Dude, you deserve it. You do a great service for the church. And the fact that all those resources are free is just amazing. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Oh, I'm cool. Thank you. Um, and the other thing is we have got back from the printers our Thy Kingdom Come um, Family Prayer Adventure Journal, which you can now get from our website. Mm-hmm. Um, so pe- some people will know Thy Kingdom Come. It's started by the Church of England, but it's gone across the denominations. It's a prayer season from Ascension to Pentecost which if you're not into your church year, you'll need to know is, um, well, leading up to Pentecost, but it's uh, five weeks after Easter, basically. Um, yeah. And we've done one before a couple of years ago, but this year the Church of England have really got behind it in that we've done this journal, but they're also, we've also done an A2 map, which they are printing and they're going to distribute yeah. to 300,000 families and children in schools and stuff. Um Oh, yeah, wow. it's really exciting. So there was a <laughs> there was a news uh, piece on one of the web church times I think where they showed um, a load of people in the general synod that's just happened. Um, the whole room of people holding up these maps and they're launching this big kind of thing uh, that Church of England's doing called um, yeah. So it's it's really exciting. Um, my I kind of think I shared this last time. My son wrote his first song. Did, I, did we mention no. this last time? We'll take it out. No, if we didn't. did. Um, yeah, Huck, he's three and a half, wrote his first song. He was having a sick day from school, um, preschool, sorry, and um, he wasn't really that sick. 
so we were looking for something to do to fill the day and I sat at the piano and he started playing and he and I had a microphone set up and with a microphone just instantly goes to it and starts singing wow so so I was playing the piano and he was singing he just started singing this song and I kind of shuffled around a bit to fit in with what he was doing before long he'd That's written amazing. a song and um, so we thought, well, we're looking for things to kill time. Let's record it. <laughs> so we got the, plugged the microphone in properly and recorded it and so on. Sent it to a few family and friends. And within hours, I had messages back from people saying, everyone in my board meeting is singing this song and everyone at my nursery is singing this song. And so so how, how come you so, didn't spend like two months critiquing it and revising it and putting it around the group and oh i uh well if you, you oh, should have resounded and it and then you'll realize <laughs> i should have resounded it. i'd have killed the poor huck it would have huck crushed is fine but we're not sure age. about the theology and do you yeah do you really need that second it. section um I uh, the great thing is so we recorded it and it, it it was literally the same words all the way through and then on the recording he suddenly started riffing in the second half and threw in this other thing which is now everybody's favourite um, and then so last week we decided to shoot a little video and um, so that we could share it more widely to generally bless the world but mainly for me to show off my son so yeah we listen to a quick clip have lovely day have lovely day That's excellent. There you go. Perfect. Gets in your head. Um, and then uh, a couple of fun things. I'm off to a Christian Aid conference tomorrow where they're gathering all of their regional staff and I'm going to be doing leading some worship and teaching some theology. Brilliant. So pretty exciting. And then Saturday I'm going to a Russia conference in London uh, do a workshop on worshipping the Creator God but also leading some worship there as well. So it's kind of fun. I sort of I quite often... T- over the years, I've turned down invitations <laughs> to do things. And I'm trying. 2019 is my year of saying yes. So if anybody sends me a message and invites me, there's every chance I will say yes to whatever it is. This is a challenge to the listeners now to send you the most random invitations. See what you'll, know, see what you'll say yes to. Let's celebrate 50 years. Sorry, I've got a bit of cake in my mouth now. I didn't time that very well. Of the Resound Worship... 50 years, no. Let's celebrate 50 episodes of the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast. Okay. So we are 50 episodes old. Uh, and we asked folks on, I think it was Facebook and that sort of thing, uh, what their highlights were for the from the first 49 episodes. Uh, so the first thing we had was from David. He said, I discovered the podcast fairly late, so I listened to maybe 25 plus pretty much back to back. We poor man. Uh, it was like binging on a Netflix box set, but slightly lower production <laughs> values. It was quite... He didn't say he that. Didn't I just said that. that. It was quite difficult to adjust, having to wait a month in between. Yeah, or, or longer sometimes. Um, they've been, have been a fantastic source of encouragement, inspiration, and technical information. The way in which they've linked to the 12 Song Challenge has been really helpful this year, and it's really supported with the different challenges. It's great when there's a guest host, but the consistency and chemistry between Joel and Sam does add a distinctly special element. Oh, that's Aww. nice, isn't it? There's a lot of love here. Yeah. Um, Keiko, uh, she picked out her highlights. She said a particular highlight was episode 40, Murder Your Darlings and Make, make lots, lots of, of Pots. pots. Um, 
Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, another catchphrase for us. Uh, she says, I also enjoyed hearing Wendell Kimber talk about his songwriting process. The reminder that a relationship with God, or anyone else for that matter, isn't very deep unless you're allowed to go to dark, difficult places. I was also very moved by the story behind your labour is not in vain. I still feel new here, getting to know Razan Worship, gradually working my way through the podcast as I find the time. Not easy with two little ones. But really, it's hard to pick one favourite. I've been so impressed by the overall mission to inspire, equip and guide songwriters serving their local church. That is our actual slogan. <laughs> the depth of theological wisdom combined with substantial and practical songwriting tools, straight goals, really makes the podcast a gold mine, in my opinion. I'm grateful to have stumbled Yay. across it. Thanks, Keiko. That's nice. So Alan wrote, uh, some episodes are squarely about the songwriting craft, and these are really useful not so keen on some of the interviews where it was obvious someone was just there to plug their new album hmm not pointing any fingers uh my highlight was the 12 week challenge by which i think he means when we did um what did we call it the song Song cycle cycle. where we did four weeks on kind of inspiration four weeks on honing and then four weeks on the kind of final sort of finishing it and sharing it um and then he says the sort of 12 song challenge the 12 songs in 12 months often didn't get my finished efforts to a usable state but with the 12 week challenge it really teased out the best giving ample time for feedback and dozen rewrites keep up the good work podcast is a real lifeline to those of us working in isolation thanks alan thanks alan and dom uh she says these uh, uh there are so many brilliant moments great interviews love geraldine and carey and wisdom share but one of my regular highlights is when sam makes a reference to a writer or band and joel asks if they wrote x song which completely misses the mark E.g. episode 48. Sam, there's this famous seven last words from the cross, the last seven things that Jesus said. That's one of my absolute favourite pieces of music in the world. It's James McMillan's. Have you ever heard that? Uh, Didn't he write Boogie Wonderland, (laughs) says Joel. She says, I think I actually laughed out loud on the bus at that one. Looking forward to number 50 and the next 50. Thanks, Dom. Dom. Travis said, while it's hard to pick specific standouts, the Dissector Classic segment has been one that I've enjoyed and learned from. Additionally, the way the 12 Song Challenge and the podcast interact is great. I enjoyed and grew from listening in on the discussions of each month of the 12 Song Challenge, even back when I first came across the podcast and was listening to old episodes during a season the challenge wasn't currently happening. Being involved now makes it all the more helpful. Nice one, Travis. Mm. Sorry, I ate more cake. To time your cake eating better. Andy says, I remember the interview of Brian Dirksen being really strong. I wrote out a few quotes, which I still have on my notice board. One being, whenever you write a lyric, you are working with the meaning of the word and the sound of the word. The leader of the dance is the meaning of the words. But if you don't pay attention to the sound, poetry, alliteration, etc., you're going to get statements that are true, but don't sing well. That Brian Dirksen is good, isn't he? We should do a series of um, fridge Mm. magnets based on Brian Dirksen quotes. We could do from that interview. I, I, I made a little list of some of my favourite yeah. moments, Sam. And I said my favourite interview, favourite interview I did was he Brian was brilliant, Dirksen. wasn't he? That was, I just wanted to sit there and talk to him for hours mm. about songwriting. And just, man, the guy, he knows his stuff. Um, he's one of those songwriters who is both good at it and understands how he does it and can yeah, help yeah. other people to do it better, um, which is really good. I also loved, loved interviewing Gwendolyn Kimbra. Uh, the sad thing was we had a really bad internet connection. Mm. So it was a slight... It was difficult, but I really sort of, I love listening to him talk about his songwriting. Um, really, really nice guy. Um, did you have a favourite yeah, interview, I re- In terms of doing it, I really enjoyed interviewing Pete Nevland. Um, I don't know if mm. that's one, maybe if you missed that one because it wasn't perhaps a name that you knew. Maybe, I know with some podcasts, I kind of jump to the names that I know, but that was a great interview because he's in a sort of spoken world, uh, spoken word world of sort of poetry and slam poetry and stuff. 
but the insights yeah. that he brought and the way that he's just kind of out of the box and and actually before even the interview happened he just started asking me about myself and my life and he started talking about his life and we started praying together so it was <laughs> it was a really like oh wow you know this is like more than an interview this is like feels like a you know prayer time together yeah, I remember that I remember you sent him. You sent me the audio to to um, edit down. I think. And it's, yeah. I just, wow, this is this is ministry going on. It's really exciting. My favourite of the twelve song challenges because they're often the, the sort of um, the kind of obvious highlights was I think it was last time around the Easter one. I, I guess mainly just because I ended up writing a song out of it that I never. So I wrote "Listen to the Words of the Risen Christ" and I. I just never would have written that. And I remember I went the whole month thinking, I don't know what, I just don't know what to write a song. I don't know what to write a song on. And then we had a, a Bible study at uh, home or a uh, home group, I don't know, a day and yeah. a half before. It was the end of the month. And something clicked in our conversation. I went back through to my study and got the guitar and just pretty much wrote that song um, pretty quickly, really? actually. Um, yeah, that was a kind of highlight of that. Uh, yeah, there's not really one sort of the challenges that really springs out but i do feel like the two seasons of 12 song challenge have been my favorite times of doing the podcast because it feels like we've got this momentum going of setting up an idea and then having a go at it ourselves listening to what other people have done and then feeding back on it so that it just does every month that we're doing it kind of kick me to write something even if you know maybe only two or three of those have become finished songs um it's just that process yeah. of being pushed into writing that I've really enjoyed and definitely seeing the way that other people respond to them as well and the, the interactions on the forum and stuff. I think that's been been the best thing that we've been involved with, really. Yeah. I love the community. We managed to, over the, a few years, sort of form a bit of a community. Uh, we've actually literally just set up a Facebook group as well of um, 12 Song Challengers, but potentially podcast oh, listeners brilliant. as well, where, where people could get together and interact a bit. Um, so... Um, do a search for Zam Worship 12 Song Challenge something on Facebook. Um, let's dissect a classic. Dissect a classic. This month we've got a proper classic for you. Is it the classic to beat all other classics? It could be the classic to beat all other classics. Didn't we do it? Well, maybe we did that about two weeks ago. So. <laughs> It's another classic from the classic writer of all classics. Yeah. It's another Graham Kendrick. We are going to look at The Servant King. Yeah. Um, let me give you a little bit of background. Done a bit of research. And then, Sam, I thought we might... We don't normally do this, but we probably should. I thought maybe you could sort of sing us a verse and chorus or something. Sure. And we could just remember how it goes. Yeah. So it's written in 1983. Get this. Before Shine, Jesus, Shine. No way. You feel like Shine, Jesus, Shine launched Graham onto the world, but actually he'd already done The Servant King. Um, and it was actually written that this is going to encourage podcasters, uh, podcasters, this is going to encourage 12 song challengers mm. because it was a commission, basically. Okay. Spring Harvest wrote, I mean, literally wrote, they wouldn't have been emailing people then to a few <laughs> uh, different writers and said, our theme for this year is Servant King. Uh, anyone fancy writing a song? So Graham thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, particularly... Uh, just the idea of the kind of the opposites of a servant and a king mm. and and he, he said it's like manna from heaven for a songwriter or for a lyricist because there's so much poetry and opposites and contrasts and tensions isn't there yeah. um, and so that's what he did so what, which I find incredibly encouraging because I think yeah it, it wasn't a um, it, I mean I'm sure it was inspired by the Lord but it came by a fairly mundane yeah. 
you know this is a need can you write something for us which is which is pretty cool um it's interestingly i couldn't find a lot now maybe somebody will contact us and say oh you should have gone here but i couldn't find a lot of graham actually talking about this song and the process of it so i'd be really interested but have seen obviously other things about how he writes and we've talked about that before i did find an article online rebuffing some theological issues that people might have with the song <laughs> so i thought once you get to the point where people have theological issues and other people are writing articles to rebuff them you know you've arrived i think um it was in 2013 there was a bbc poll to find the nation's favorite hymn and it came in at number 30 wow which is pretty good going not as high as shine jesus shine must be said but nonetheless it's also been voted the nation's favorite christian chat up line which i actually made up but um (laughs) (laughs) this is what we used to say when i was a student didn't you you used to go from from heaven you came, helpless babe. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you ever? Is is that how you that uh, like, snared Rihanna with like, that one? That was like number one Christian chat up line. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> Sam, give us a give us a verse and chorus. Right. Right, so it goes. Uh, from heaven you came, helpless babe. Entered our world, your glory veiled. Not to be served, but to serve And give your life that we might live This is our God, the servant king He calls us now to follow him To bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. I love that little turnaround there. Oh, we all love that turnaround. It's beautiful. Oh, let's talk about it. Let me tell you some things that I think make this a classic. Um, The first thing is the obvious contrasts um, in the mood of the verse and chorus. Yep. So the the the, cor- the verse is very much in a minor key because it's got that um, uh, it's got the uh, starts in the minor and then it's got that what's the you know the augmented seventh augmented fifth depending on how you look at it mm. um, cor- note which shows you you're working in a minor key not in just a minor version of a major key. Um, but when it goes into the chorus, it sort of lands squarely on the major and turns into yeah. this bright major song. And it has this descending bass line, doesn't it? And there's a boom, 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 um, which gives it a kind of regal, stately feel, mm. a very major thing. And the other thing it does between the verse and the chorus is the verses don't rhyme mm. anywhere, mm. as far as I can tell. There's sort of half rhymes in verse one, but... Graham, I think, abandons that as as it goes on. <laughs> but the chorus then the chorus then rhymes every line, and um, so the, there's a kind of sweetness and majorness and solidness to the chorus where there's an interrupted minor feel to the verses. Mm. Um, so that's one of the things that that kind of struck me. Um, I'm going to pick out the famous lyric. It has a oh, very yeah. famous lyric, isn't it? Hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. Whoa. I mean, it's 
oh, Matt, you could give up writing, couldn't you? You could give up songwriting at that point yeah. and say, I've done it, I've peaked. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I guess he probably did. That was that was his peak lyric, wasn't it? Um, but the thing I think is genius about that is the word flung. Yeah. You could have said hands that set stars in space or hands that put them. or But the word flung says so much more, a kind of, kind of joyous abandon, doesn't yeah. it? A, a free... Um, and and the contrast between that and hands that are nailed to a cross, there's no joy, there's no abandon, there's mm. no the, there's no play. They're mm. almost like they're playing, and then suddenly it's so serious. I think that's the the genius of that line. Um, and then and then that chord. Well, actually, there are a couple of chords in there, but that plays <laughs> the chord. Their lives was a daily offering. It's so unusual. Mm. It is so unusual. I've. I'm pretty sure it probably ought to be an augmented chord of some sort, uh, but he's just gone for a straight kind of major version of it. Yeah. I'd be interested to know, because I know he was working with Steve Thompson uh, around this time. Yeah, And Steve would come in and put in some more interesting gospel-y chords. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested to know whether this, was that just Graham or did he give a little bit of harmonic interest from, from Steve? Because that he around that time Graham did quite often slip to an augmented chord mm. somewhere as a transition, didn't he? Mm. And I think Steve was was definitely influential in that, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Can you find out, Sam? I can. can you yeah. Can, yeah. You te- can you text Steve? I'll text Steve and say, say who who came up with that? Yeah, was it you? Came up I with bet that it was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I have to say it's one of these ones that I'm slightly at a loss to explain. I had an interesting uh, conversation with various people on Facebook earlier today, where I was just trying to tease out some some musical things. There's another moment in it where, in in the verse, he does the uh, chord one, five, three, two, then four, and then a five over four, which yeah. is a um, what key we're in in E flat. Mm. So that would be a. So it's like an um, it's like a B flat with an A flat in the bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which. Entered our world. And there's this little move. So what that chord does is, it's because it's quite odd, the um, B-flat with the A-flat in the bass, um, it sort of creates a kind of tension, but it resolves absolutely gorgeously because it's crying out to resolve the way it does, which is, it's effectively, um, thank Matt Osgood for, for this, it's effectively a, a B-flat 7, mm. but where the where the seventh is put into the bass yeah. and a seven and, and a dominant seventh has to resolve to the to the tonic to the to the major yeah. to the root chord it's just crying out to in every part of it and the seventh absolutely has to fall sevenths always have to fall you know in that so you've got this thing that yeah. is so satisfying yeah, it's so th- it's a kind of it's a handy way of setting up quite an interesting musical tension but then resolving it the right way and it's worth making that point because there are various times you come across songs where they use inversions and you sort of think, I'm not sure the people writing it quite understand how to use the inversions. They've sort of gone, oh, that's a nice sounding chord. But quite often inversions just point you, so they, you know, they lead to a certain kind of resolution or you should... Um, like the world's an interesting one like that in the chorus. It uses quite a lot of inversions, but they don't really use... They don't, they're not, they don't take you on a musical journey using the inversions. They just give a sort of different flavour to the chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Sam? Uh, well, sticking with the music um, part, I guess just the simplicity of the melody in the verses, um, the fact that it's, you know, basically two lines and then it just repeats exactly. So, from him you came helpless, babe, entered our world. You hold on to that world a little bit longer. World, mm. your glory veil. And then it just repeats exactly. da 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 
Da, 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 da. You know, you yeah. it'd be so tempting to go off somewhere different. Um, mm-hmm. But it means that, it's, I mean, it's this very, very singable melody. And you have that confidence that I've sung it once, I can sing it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love that about it. And then also, um, I really love the way that there are these sort of snapshots of Jesus' life. We've talked about yeah. this a little bit in terms of, you know, you, the, the the lack of um, kind of actually telling the story of the, the, the life of Jesus. And basically, Graham kind of takes three snapshots. He takes the kind of Jesus being born as a baby. Um, yeah particularly that in the garden of tears i think that's the most kind of you know there's a there's a story that we know but we don't necessarily sing about very often we don't necessarily reflect on um but you know in just four lines he not only paints it but kind of draws out some of the meaning of it and how it all relates to the song and the theme of servanthood and all that um and then, you know, you go to the cross in verse three, but yeah. it's not your typical cross verse, is it really? It's not, you mm. know, he's dying there on a cross. He's taking all my sin and shame. You know, he's 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 talking so kind of poetically. You've got the scars that yep. speak of sacrifice, lovely sibilance of the S's there. And then, of yeah. course, that, you know, the hands flung. So he's got all those contrasts. So... I just think it's brilliant the way that he takes those little snapshots and and really weaves them in throughout the song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are we are we allowed to throw in our how to improve it? Yeah, go for things it. At this point, <laughs> I love this bit. It's so ridiculous. It's such a classic song. But here's the thing: I think Graham would write it differently today, and the thing I think he would do differently is I think he would be more drawn into some of the narrative of the actual life of jesus because that's what he doesn't really have Mm. he has the incarnation um but for example you know he's written now a great song on the foot washing um that uh, and so those things which actually illustrate christ as the servant king Mm. whereas actually what we have here are christ as the sacrificial king or the um you know so so it is it is there but i think if Graham were writing it again now, I think he'd be a little bit more careful to describe Jesus' life a little bit more, or pick out an episode that is not either birth or, you know, pretty much passion, basically. Do you think? I don't. I'm completely guessing at this, but I wonder whether these were the stories of the Spring Harvest Week. Because you know, most often Spring Harvest will have set readings for the evening celebration and. They'll go through a little journey as the week goes. And I, I do, because they, yeah, when you think about it, they are slight. I mean, I think the first verse is is kind of obvious, but yeah, maybe that second verse about the garden, is is that the most, like you say, wouldn't you go to the foot washing rather yeah. than Gethsemane? But for some yeah. reason he's chosen Gethsemane and maybe it's because that was what was being taught about. I don't know. But yeah, it's, hmm. it's, an, it's an interesting point. I, yeah, I really struggle. I, I mean, I, I'm often like this. I really struggle to know what to critique. <laughs> um, I do. I, we, have, we haven't said this, but I love the way that the chorus flicks us into our response. You know, it's all about Jesus in the first three verses. Uh, and the chorus yeah. and the last verse are about, well, okay, well, what is my response? Let us learn how to serve 
each other needs to prefer it's Christ we're serving. I just I, I love that the way that he can do both the, the story and then the yeah. application into into our own lives. Um, I suppose mm-hmm. your helpless babe joke does make me think that help <laughs> helpless babe is a slightly odd certainly the word babe there you don't yeah. nobody says you know oh have you seen my babe referring to a you know newborn child yeah um it's almost like that's the line he started with because actually he changes you know the first verse is addressed to, to jesus mm. but the rest of the if it isn't it we, we sing it to each other yeah it's almost like that sort of the, was the starting point um but then he got he kind of developed his own sense of poetry and and so on as the song progressed. Because then verses, you know, two and three are absolute poetic gold, aren't they? And mm. I think, you know, we've said that before that it, it quite often the first verse is always someone is worth just going back and rewriting. And you, I mean, we definitely would say this, wouldn't we, to someone writing this song? We'd say you talk about you in the first verse, yeah. and the rest of the verse is him. Yeah, which is a really yeah. And we'd say, come on, make make it the same. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not an unbreakable rule but it's like when you i feel like it's one of those ones you've got to have a good good reason for yeah um the the other thing is it i mean i mentioned thing about the verses not rhyming it clearly works without them rhyming i suspect if he could if he had the same level of poetry and you know wasn't kind of tied in by the rhyme Mm. i think that it would be even stronger but you know it it doesn't disadvantage it as a song, but that's a you know quite often if you can make it rhyme and you can say something just as good, then it just has that it just resonates so much more. It's so much more powerful, it's so much more memorable, and so on. Mm, mm. Good job, Graham. Nice I think one. we will we're going to allow him to enter the pantheon of classics. <laughs> uh, we should do a, a Spotify playlist actually of all the classics oh, yeah, we've had in, in the Dissector Classic. That'd be fun. I'll make a note about that. Um, Spotify. Should we do an album of rewrites where we bring in all of the bits that we could keep <laughs> <laughs> and take all the classics and yes, ma- we should actually re- <laughs> <laughs> an album of ruined classics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, great. Let's go. Let's review February in the Twelve Song Challenge. Twelve Song Challenge. February's challenge was to uh, write a song using the kind of technique that Carrie and Geraldine Lewis described um, about improvising seed ideas, and then kind of we set a kind of idea that you you kind of grab grab a psalms, flick it open, and just start singing lines with your with your phone, and then come back and listen through to it. So I guess it sent people into a blind panic. Sam, honestly, <laughs> the days <laughs> after the days after oh, the oh, podcast oh. came out. We had so many people on our Slack forum who was saying, um, so what, are you supposed to do... Well, I'm going to do... Well, are you supposed to do that? And then to the point of kind of finding loopholes in the way that we described it to explain why it was okay for them to do... Or, hang on, no, they didn't say that in the interview, so I don't know how to do it. So it's really, really interesting. Apart from a few people who said, uh, I don't really understand this challenge. That's just how I write songs. I'm like, what, what are you, what's the actual challenge? <laughs> so... Um, yeah, real, real mixture of those things. And um, we've got some... Um, uh, one or two um, people at the Travel Song Challenge sent me a, a, a little a little audio clip, a little talking head of them uh, describing their experience of it. So we're going to listen to David. For me, February's Improvised Seed Challenge was much scarier in explanation than it was in actual application. 
So when I finally plucked up the courage to start the process and follow the guidance given through the interview and on the podcast, it felt like it was quite a natural way to start the songwriting process. And looking back, it's led to a song that's actually a little different from my usual style. So I'm definitely going to use this approach some more in the future. Nice one, David. Oh, that's good news. That's what I like to hear. Um, a satisfied customer. We've got another one, Ian. Oh, this is good. We're going to listen to Ian's song as well, but Ian um, sent us a bit of feedback as well. Um, you know, it's a fascinating approach. Uh, let's have a listen to what Ian had to say. Day one. I made a random list of popular voices I could use for improvised seeds. Opened a cold beer, opened Psalm 129, said a quick prayer, made 12 improvised recordings, drank the beer. Day two. A line from my Beyonce rap was like an earworm. If you try to keep me down, I'm going to rise up. A thought popped into my head. Seeds rise up, so why not write a song about helping God's seeds to grow? If you try to keep me down, I'm going to rise up. Became, if you sow a seed, we'll pray it grows strong. I picked up my guitar and I was off. Ian sounds awesome. I think that's brilliant. I want to write songs with Ian. Sounds terrific. <laughs> he does sound awesome. So basically what Ian did was he came up with a list of 10 different voices and tried improvising seed ideas using those voices. So I don't think he sort of completely did impressions that's more, that's more of like the... A, it's more like a sort of a drama game, you know, when it you're like, is. deliver this line in the style of Donald Trump. Yeah. But what a clever idea. So it basically meant, so he came up, as he said, I mean, you listened to that little thing he sang and he went, yeah, that does sound like a Beyonce line, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so uh, let's have a listen. If you sow a seed, we'll pray it grows strong. If you fan a breeze, we'll pray it blows strong. If you swell a tide, we'll pray it flows strong. Climb on, surf your love song. Worshippers are we, let's strike the band up. Volunteers are we, let's stick our hands up. Witnesses are we, let's choose to stand up, stand strong, share your love song. May we pray in truth, Lord, push as you break through, Lord. What else would we do, Lord, if we're gonna follow you? May your song be in us. Be what underpins us, pour out from within us, Lord, we're gonna follow you. What a great way to come up with a different vibe. Um, a different t- I love the way Ian sings. He's got a sort of, he sounds a little bit like he's from the 60s, doesn't he? Like 60s original Britpop. Um, I was thinking more punk. Yes, yeah, okay, like, let's go 70s. Johnny Rotten You're right, me. he's yeah. actually a bit Johnny Rotten. Um, it's yeah. great. It's really good. Worshippers um, are we. Let's strike the band up. Volunteers are we. Let's stick our hands up. Yeah. Yes. It's actually slightly more punk than. Um, no, it isn't. No, it is Beyonce. I mean, I, I can totally see that. I kind of felt like maybe the maybe the chorus doesn't manage to quite carry through the style and say. I think he's hit on an absolute. I love yeah. the style he hits in the verse. Um, I reckon there's a chorus which is really simple potentially yeah. that, that just you know pump something out which which works but it's a yeah worshippers are we let's strike the band up volunteers are we it's so good witnesses are we let's choose to stand up stand strong share your love song yeah it's quality stuff Ian we really like it well done nice one buddy thought we look at one other which is Rick Jensen um who's been taking part since the beginning and uh 
he dipped into Psalm 119. Fortunately, he didn't write the whole thing, um, but grabbed a, grabbed a few ideas from it. And uh, let's have a listen to what Rick wrote. Follow all your ways Help my heart to understand Give me insight that I can keep your law To know and love all your commands Give my heart understanding My head a love of truth My eyes Shining affections, trusting you. Give my feet clear direction, my hands good work to do. Let all my life bring glory back to you. Yeah, good job, Rick. That's a catchy one, isn't it? Really good. I love the, the chorus there. Feet clear direction, my hands good work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Triff. It's really, yeah, it's really strong. It reminds me, what does it remind me of? Does the sound, the way he sings, or the melody? I feel like it's something sort of 90s. I'm going to get this one again as well, aren't I? And you're going to go, yeah, it was 2015. It was um, Ed Sheeran. No, it's not as it's sort of so a little bit like Cheryl Crow, is it? Is oh, it? it is a bit Cheryl Crow, yeah, yeah. We are in the nineties. It's got that, but it's got a really nice feel. Teach me, Lord, follow all your ways. Um, I was thinking, listening to him, just relax the phrasing a little bit. Like he's really, he's 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 real, really tight and trying to get exactly the same rhythm each time. But I think with certain phrases, like follow all your ways to sing it as it sings, inside so that I can keep your law. It's gonna have a slightly different syncopation and that's okay when you've got a yeah. when you've got a phrase like that. Just go with the go the way they sing it. Um my heart understanding, my head love of truth. There's that little note there, isn't there, a truth that doesn't quite sit on the chord. Why not just go to the the one in the chord? I was thinking. Mm. Um mm-hmm. I love what I love as well is that it's and it's just a verse and a chorus. Great, we get a lot of songs on here, don't we? That um, have a lot of verses or a lot of writing, and it's he's kept yeah. it nice and simple. And it's that you know liturgically, it's that thing that you did for the tw- um, songs for Sundays, where it could be a song before you read the Bible or before yeah. you preach, so that it's actually you don't want a really long song; you just want a short song that will go, "Speak to me, Lord, and help me to." Yeah. Know your ways and keep your law and stuff. Interestingly, there's one line in it. He says, um, keep my eyes clear and shining, affections trusting you. Um, and several people have said, I've kind of said, I've sort of said, what do you mean by affections? Um, it is a, it's a sort of an old fashioned word from hymns, isn't it? That we don't really use mm. in, uh, well, Rick lives in Oxford now, I think. So he knows from the States. Uh, <laughs> I, that's the kind of way you think, yeah, it's a sort of a hymn word, but the rest of it is more or less in very straightforward language. And I, I'd, be, I'd be inclined to just find something that it makes sense in the vernacular. Yeah. These, yeah, yeah. these days, man. Lovely that stuff, is. though. Good job, Rick. So how did you get on, yeah, Sam? 
so yeah, I was improvising around Psalm 137. Yeah. Um, Did you find loopholes someone... in the strategy and do it your own way? I think the only loophole I found was that I, <laughs> I improvised around it and then I immediately wrote a song. I didn't leave it, come back to it. Okay. I just I just kind of went, here's my improvisation. Oh, that's okay. And I, Yeah. And maybe that's my, my way of doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, but my song goes like this. Put down your guitars Put down your drums Hang up your microphones When they ask for songs Turn off the shiny spotlights the smoke and screams It's time for tears and silence At what we've seen How can we sing the songs of God today? How can we sing the songs of joy in this barren land? How is it we've forgotten? Can we not see the height from which we've fallen? Humanity How can we sing the songs of God today? How can we sing the songs of joy in the sparrow land? We call out for justice Call out for judgment. We call out in repentance. Lamented how we've fallen. And so on. Yeah. Well done, Sam. Thanks. Wait, t- just tell me what was the, what was the actual seed idea? So the seed idea was was Psalm one three seven. Which, as someone pointed out in the comments, well done for doing this without referring to the rivers of Babylon or Boney M. Yeah. Um, I think that was Ian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just trying to improvise around that. Um, so it talks about we hung up our harps. So I think I started singing, put down your harps, put yeah. down. And yeah. then... Uh, and then ha- how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So I think I sang out, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that was the seed. And then I basically just thought, well, I don't think I can s- sing exactly the psalm. Yeah. So I thought, why don't I do a sort of modern day equivalent Real. of... And I realised that the, the the basic irony with this is I'm sitting with a guitar and a microphone <laughs> saying, put down your guitars and drums. And people were saying, oh, you know, you could do it with a vocal pad or a keyboard yeah. pad. Or, and 
uh, then you sort of lose the point of the irony. It is there's there has to be a deliberate irony, isn't there, to some extent? I, I guess so. I I don't really I don't really know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you that's an interesting. It's the sort of thing that's kind of worth teasing out. You know how any sort of sentiment can you can put in an imperative like you've done, or yeah. it can be descriptive, or it can be a request, or it can be you know kind of. So it could be put down your guitars, or we're putting down our guitars, or we don't need guitars, mm, or silent. Mm. You know, there's a, there's various different yeah, ways yeah, yeah, of looking yeah. at it. Um, I think the, I just think the chorus is really strong. I just oh, I, on its own, I, I'd almost be able to tempted to just take the chorus and sing it. Um, How can we sing the songs of God today? How can we sing the songs of joy in this barren land? Is that right? And it, yeah. Um, just beautiful like that. The the thing is, it's got a kind of really pejorative sense in the opening set, particularly the shiny spotlights and the smoke and screens. And yeah, I'd yeah, be sort yeah, of be inclined yeah. to say it sounds it's turning into a critique of the of worship styles rather yeah. than a. I'd be tempted to just uh, well replace those maybe replace those two lines. Maybe maybe it's your things and organs and so on. maybe it, it get your chants and or you know make it actually rather mm, than it be a critique mm, of mm, contemporary mm. worship. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, how is it we've forgotten? Can we not see the height from which we've fallen as humanity? I just, whew, it's really, it's powerful. Um, we and the bridge section at the end or the tag. I was wondering whether you could, um, if you said we're calling out for justice, we're calling out for judgment, we cry in our oh, yeah. repentance, lament at how we've fallen. You maybe yeah. can keep your syllable count consistent, um, and maybe I don't know. Try it. it. Might be more potent in that really um, present now tense, whatever that's actually called. Yeah, no, that's good. That's helpful. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful because I guess I it's one of those things where you know the kill your babies. I I I felt excited about the idea of you know put down your guitars that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, it yeah, it doesn't feel very useful at that point as a sort of contemporary yeah. song. Um, whereas I I guess the chorus is potentially quite useful. Um, so yeah. maybe finding different ways to say the things that the, that the verses are trying to say. I also thought the little turnaround just in the the last line of the verses. Uh, just remind me of the tune of the verse. It's put down um, your guitar, your guitars, put down your drums, hang up your microphone, and then don't feel like you need to jump back up to that note again. Uh, oh yeah, up your microphones when they ask for songs, rather than okay, the kind yeah. of it becomes a little bit awkward when you jump up to it again and four times in a row jumping to it. it gets yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets a bit That's tiresome, a but. Yeah, it's really strong. I, I'd keep working on that, to be honest. Okay. I think that's... I'll give it a go. That's got something. You're on a roll, Sam, songwriting. Sam and I have been kind of hooking up occasionally to look at another three songs he's written and another three songs he's written. I made a song club you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's written more. So you're, you're on a roll, dude. I mean, much I'm on a roll. Much more rolly than me. But you're about <laughs> to discover about my role. <laughs> 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 about your role about my role are you ready for my role I am I'm ready um, for your role okay here we go see if you can guess which was the seed idea bit as well <laughs> here we go because I did it exactly I went to the garden and I got my phone out and I just I felt like such a wally walking around the garden <laughs> with my bible singing flicking through pages of psalms and skin I want, give me a line give me something to sing but then I did come back to it listen through picked out the one that seemed to have the most to it and to get a song, right. so it goes like this. Shout, shout praises to the Lord. He is good and his love endures. Oh, shout, shout praises to the Lord. He 
So your seed was the was the was the chorusy bit, was it? Uh, yeah, shout shout praises to the Lord. That was it. Shout! I just said shout shout praises to the Lord. That's all I sang. I thought, okay, I'll go with that. It's a bit weird. I don't know why I sing shout twice. I'm not sure I'll keep it, but it's definitely where it starts. And then I, I honestly, I feel like I just pushed through it and went, come on, turn this into a song. Push, push, done it, good. Um, so there's very little thought gone into the verses except they're sort of psalmy i i I grabbed a few thoughts from the psalms yeah um to to kind of throw in there as well i really like the joy in the morning sun that's quite hooky isn't it i i I like that a lot night of weeping will find joy in the morning sun i think that's that's just it's a really it's a really sort of you can visualize it um I, I I don't dislike it really. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> I think you'll you'll keep you know you'll keep pushing on it, and, and I think that's a good thing. I might do. I think you should. Do you think? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, I think you. I think what it might be quite interesting to do is to sing it with a group. Yeah. And and maybe even as you as you sing it, like get a group that that could, you know, if you did it with a resound guy, just kind of get people to to. to you know, vary it a bit, but I think it could be that it, it, it could be quite a singy song. Do you know what I mean? Quite yeah. a kind of group singing song. Yeah, could be, couldn't it? I think I feel like the I, I like the I like the way it goes melodically. I, I like the hook is from the night of weeping. We'll find joy yeah. in the morning sun. That's got quite a little yeah. hook to it, hasn't it? And I I sort of quite like that. Um, and I could work outwards from that a little bit. I think. Like it doesn't, you know, the words don't particularly fit the rhythm very well. Most of it, and there's no rhymes, and apart from rhyming, weeping with leaping, <laughs> from from some from some uh, biblical psalm verses. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I think the other thing I would do with the with the chorus is mm. just just ha- try and have a little bit more melody to it. to the Lord. I feel like it could be like jumping around a little bit more than that. Yeah. Shout your praises to the Lord. He is good and he is loving. I don't know, like, give it yeah, a bit yeah. more, give it a bit more kind of um, variety of of, the, of pictures and stuff. Yeah. Challenge. Our challenge for March is to write what we're going to call songs of the everyday. And um, Sam, you're going to tell us a bit about this and give us some ideas about how we might do it. Yeah, so um, some people will remember a previous podcast where we talked about this in a bit more depth. Uh, I'm going to try not to repeat myself, uh, but just really set a challenge. Um, 
my wife Sarah and I wrote this book called Whole Life Worship and the basic um, sort of premise of it is that um, the Bible and the New Testament does talk about gathered worship as in when we come together on a Sunday or whenever but it's just as likely to use the language of worship to talk about how we offer God all of our lives. So hmm. you've got the kind of classic Romans 12, 1 or the Colossians uh, 3, 16, 17. He talks about you know, singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, Paul seems to almost kind of trip over himself to go, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's almost as if the people in the first century had the same problem that we do <laughs> of going, oh, we could just sing and pray and then it'll, yeah. it'll all be okay. And Paul was going, no, 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 no. You could do all the singing. That's really, really important. But you also need to give God every part of your life. You need to, you know, every part can be worshipped to him. Yeah. Um. So the basic yeah as i say the basic sort of heart of the book is that god is passionate about both kinds of worship what we call the gathered worship on a sunday wherever we're, we're together um and the scattered worship the worship that looks like service or looks like how we treat our neighbors or how we treat the poor or how we follow god in our everyday decisions in our work in our families all of that can be worshiped to god as well and that those two things are different. It looks different when we gather together and sing and pray as to when we're worshipping God at work or in the home or in our streets. But that they're just because they're different, they're not sort of unrelated. And we sort of talk about this as like a virtuous circle where you kind of go from the gathered place and it sends you out into the scattered place and then you bring the scattered stuff back into, into Sunday worship again. And our basic uh, issue in the book is that a lot of the time that virtuous circle isn't happening so gathered worship can feel very cut off from life's outside of church it can feel a bit like an escape uh, from the world rather than an, op an opportunity to be empowered and sent back out into the world mm. um, and we think that a lot of worship songs a lot of um, liturgies a lot of you know, the ways we do worship in church acts as if the world out there doesn't exist or that it's just a horrible bad place that we kind of don't want to go to um so if you want a kind of more learned um voice uh, there's an old testament scholar called david firth and he wrote many contemporary worship services happen without any obvious reference to the daily life of those who participate in it how do our singing our prayer and our testimony point us to the god's continued activity in our lives activity for which we should worship him or uh, if you want a slightly um more familiar voice to the resounds podcast we've got Stuart Townend yeah who's also recognized this po problem and he says we seem to have lots of songs that focus on the experience of worshiping here I am in your presence type songs so in recent years I've tried to create songs that will be relevant to the other six days and 22 hours of our week um and so I guess this is this is the challenge really for this month is to write songs which relate to the world outside of the church's doors um and i've got a few examples here of songs that i think do that really well so i can sort of talk through those a little bit and then maybe you can kind of come in with some other thoughts Joel. yeah um so one is christ be in my waking which is the song that stuart's kind of referring to when he um gives that quote uh and christ be my waking is a very intentional attempt to do this so it talks about christ being my you know when i get up and when i go to bed christ when i work and when i sleep um 
and also the quite the different emotional sides of life so when i'm you know things are great and when i'm feeling depressed or down and so if people want a good example of this this is often the first place that i'll send them to is this idea of um of christ be my waking Stuart and uh, also simon braiding yeah. uh, collaborated on this um and i think yeah it's just a great example of a song that intentionally connects with people's life outside of church um another song that i think does this really well and i'm going to embarrass you now joel is a song that you wrote called <laughs> as we gather yeah um where i think you also were kind of intentionally doing this did it come out of you trying to do the um fruitfulness on the front line stuff is that where it came uh, from no it's before that um can I tell you a true story? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never told anyone this before. <laughs> I was at I was at a workshop with um which Graham Kendrick was doing and um this is like I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years ago. And he plugged his laptop in to put some stuff up about his songs or something. And just before he opened it, I saw a fi- he had a few files on his desktop, but one of them is called God of the Working Day. And I thought uh-huh. and I thought Oh, that'd be a cool song thing to write a song about. Oh, I'm sure Graham won't mind. <laughs> and that's where the inspiration came from. I just nicked the idea from Graham that's Kendrick. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, that's brilliant. I don't know if you ever well, actually think, wrote that song, so we'll see. I suspect. I think that Mark, because we did this book with the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, and Mark Green, I believe, went to one of Graham's songwriting gatherings and talked on this. Right. And I, I think possibly even that's where the Stuart Allen song came from and probably Graham was, yeah. was also trying to go in that direction and um, anyway I would say people should look at your song because I think you did a really good job with that song I know you're you're a bit sniffy about it um, I just think we... I could have done it better musically I, so I okay. kind of want to rewrite it I, I, yeah. the things I really like about it and lyrically I think it's terrific oh, thanks dude and like I often point out to people um, I mean firstly it's good because it's got that kind of repeated and we will worship so it's got that kind of sense of like in every situation um and you've used that passage that i just quoted mm. um from from colossians 3 about whatever we do in word or deed we do for god mm. um but also there's that bit um you told me the story where you asked your home group where they struggled to worship god do you remember this and it's, somebody a, it's, said, it's almost apocryphal but it's very close i've heard you say it before and it's very close <laughs> so to tell it your version my version is that a guy said well it's when i go away for work and i'm in a hotel room on my own that's where i struggle to honor god yeah and so you've got that line when our business takes us far away and i just really love that because i feel like that's actually you know you or i we do work in the slightly rarefied world of you know full-time christian but um we can't afford there are lots of people in our... when we go away, so it's not... <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Just like sleeping on people's floors. Yeah. But, um, you know, lots of people in our churches, this is not an academic conversation. They they totally, this is, you know, they spend most of their lives in so-called secular contexts. Yeah. And therefore, actually, it's a very hot issue for them to say, well, actually, yeah, here's a load of places. So maybe one of the things people can do as they start to write this song is actually to have conversations with people around them and say, you know, where do you struggle to worship God? Or where do you need encouragement to honour God in your everyday life? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, another song um, is um, which we've we printed in the book, Whole Life Worship. It's by Martin Leckerbush. It's called Be the God of All My Sundays. Uh, and... This is a, another excellent one where he, Martin goes, be the God of all my Sundays and talks about our praise and gathering together. And then the next verse, be the God of all my Mondays. Let my lifestyle make you known. Give me yeah. courage and confession when I 
for you i stand alone and again martin is a terrific hymn writer mm. but his full-time job is as an it guy yeah and so he knows intimately what it's like to be in a workplace and to try and worship god in that in that workplace um that's also an interesting one because martin just writes um lyrics so we set that to the tune of ode to joy and whenever we do it we've done uh, loads of these whole life worship days all over the country and all over the place and we always sing it to ode to joy and it's great because people immediately know the tune of ode to joy mm. and so they can just kind of join in really easily um, and another one on that kind of line is um, andy flanagan and uh, noel robinson and another guy called graham hunter um, wrote a song called we seek your kingdom Mm-hmm. which yeah. we can put a link to uh on the on the on the pages uh, they wrote it for the cinnamon network and it was in intentionally uh, a, a, uh, a civic hymn a hymn for civic society so it talks about uh being an influence in god's world and um you know the the refrain is transform revive and heal society um and again that is set to the tune of abide with me so again when we go and do events we don't even need to teach that we can just start singing it and people know that tune. So maybe part of this challenge for some people would be to write a kind of hymn lyric, which can be set to a well-known tune that's out of copyright and yeah. really easily, um, you know, be done in that way. Um, I'll just give you one more example. Sure. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and this is, um, I mean, yeah, I've got a bunch of more examples I could give you, but um, this is, um, really simple one might have talked about it before i am a city on a hill by nick and becky drake you have um, mentioned it before yeah yeah i just think this is a great song because um it's very clearly you know scripture it's jesus saying you're a city on a hill don't you know let your light shine before men but it's simple enough and fun enough that you can use it in a kid situation or all age situation but because it's the bible adults don't you know bulk at it and the sort of direction of travel of, of the song is we're going to go out. We're going to go out into the world. We're going to shine God's light um, in the world. And so, again, I think that's a really, you know, it's a really useful song. And it does that kind of thing of pointing out to the world outside the church doors. Thanks, Sam. That's really helpful. I had a couple of ideas while I was listening to you, um, which were, um, I suppose, there's slightly about possible pitfalls you could fall into. And one mm. of them is that when we... This could be similar to the Eco Songs challenge we did, where we wrote, um, you know, we all wrote lots of things on on a thing where we started to think about something we don't normally sing about in church and so on. And everyone wrote 12 verses of eight lines each and and so on. Not everybody, but a lot of us did. So what one little challenge, I guess, would be to to think, you know, can we do this but still somehow remain sort of economic with language? Yeah. Um, So that you don't end up with this kind of completely unwieldy thing, which is so packed with, with... new stuff it's the, it's the challenge for us as, as worship songwriters certainly with resound because we try to cover themes and try to be thematic and stuff that we do but we want people to sing it in their church uh, so one of the ways is as you yeah. say set it to a tune they know but another way is just to make it seem accessible so it still sounds like a inverted commas worship song um, yeah. but with quite a clever but economic use of language it it gets yeah. across exactly the right kind of method uh, message so that's one of the things and the other thing is just to kind of watch out for um you know we can sing songs like fill us up send us out into the world of darkness and so on where we kind of create a sort of church world dichotomy yeah which i guess we i guess you're saying we want to avoid that kind of dichotomy yeah. we, it's not that we're from church now send us out and then we'll come back next week to church yeah it's just there's a continuity through this whole 
thing. There's no sort of beginning and end to the loop. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but the um, LICC uh, talk about the sacred secular divide and this sort of this sort of myth that God is only interested in a certain you know when we do home group or when we do a church activity, um, and actually if we break that down and say, no, God is interested in how you relate to your neighbours. He's really interested in how you do your work, even if your work is making a spreadsheet or cleaning up the bins or, you know, he's interested in all of that. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, I agree with you. Let's let's not write songs that go, oh, this world is an awful dark place yeah. and look after us until we get back next Sunday. It's more of a case of, God, we want to meet with you where we go. We want to serve you where we go, yeah, uh, and see see you at work in those places too. Um, and I also thought, just thinking about uh, where you might sing the song in a in a worship gathering on a Sunday a Sunday service could also help as well. Because say you you yeah. thought, let's write a call to worship. Well, what call to worship is going yeah. to do is going to gather up your experiences of the week that's gone past as you come and I, I think something you often say Sam which I completely agree is with is not leave them at the door um yeah. but bring them yeah. in bring them into yeah. the door bring who I am during the week in into the presence of God as we gather as the body of Christ um exactly or a song of confession which is going to yeah. is going to look back but it was also going to look forward um or in prayer or other so actually just have a little think about it, it, we could easily end up with a bunch of songs which say send us out Lord to live and work for your praise and glory mm great but can we weave this language and this thinking into the regular pattern into the i mean can we weave it into you know let's go with a kind of what's now traditional vineyard worship time five songs in a row and the fourth one is always a really intimate one um you know where we come into the intimate presence of god is there a place in that intimate presence of god where my as i sort of expose my very identity to god it is as a doctor or as mm. a um, parent, or as an unemployed person, or as a, wh- whatever the thing is that we feel like defines us, we yeah. actually let that, we don't hide it, but that becomes intimate between us and God. Yeah, so there's yeah. a, I don't know how to do some of that stuff, but I, I'd no, be no, excited no, right. if people do. I mean, it's exactly what we do basically in the second half of the book, is we step through a service and we say, right, in the gathering, how can you point outside? In the yeah. praise time, how can you point outside? And and that's not to say that every part of the service needs to point out the church doors. Yeah. But if you do that in different places of the service on a consistent basis. So a good example, I think, is um, I wrote that song, God Our Father, yeah. which is basically just a modern, slightly modernized setting of the Lord's Prayer. But when we get to the prayer bit of saying, let your kingdom come, we've got some slides that talk about, okay, in business and governments and finance, God, let your kingdom come in, um, in, you know, uh, um, in, in with children and, and young people, let your kingdom come on our streets and in our, in our, you know, in our homes, let your kingdom come. And so it's finding those connection points between the different kind of liturgical stopping off points in the, in the service. And how does that relate to Monday morning or when we get home? Brilliant. Sam, I'm looking forward to this one. It sounds like it's going to be tough, um, but kind of inspiring and worthwhile. And, um, you know, people shouldn't feel like they can't now take their improvising seed ideas thing and, and work with that. You know, pick a phrase, oh, yeah. pick, a, pick, pick some ideas. That also, you know, approach it however you want to do. But, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing what people come up with. Well, 
that's all we have time for on podcast number 50, our golden podcast. Uh, it's been lots of fun. Do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at resoundworship.org, Twitter at resoundworship or Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook forward slash resoundworship.org or have a look for our um, 12 Song Challenge Facebook group as well. And um, all that remains is for me to introduce our featured song, which this month is brand new and exclusive to podcast listeners because we have not yet released it. Um, it's a new song by Leslie Kennedy and Andy Clark called The God Who Made the Earth's Foundations, brackets, he is here. Uh, produced by Andy, mixed by Matt Osgood at worshipsongrecording.com and sounding just like this. Look out for it on the Resound website and all the usual outlets in a week or so. See you soon for podcast number 51. Bye. The God who laid the earth's foundations The God who's Lord of every nation The God who tends each generation Yeah.